Hello and welcome to the fifth episode in Turf and Rec's six-part podcast series exploring the topic of regenerative soil science. My name is Mike Jiggins, editor of Turf and Rec. Our guest is Randy Booker, superintendent at Otter Creek Golf Club in Otterville, Ontario, and principal at Turf Evolution. In this episode, Randy will talk about how regenerative soil science practices can benefit turf grass management in other sectors aside from golf, including lawn care and sports turf. And he'll present a case study about how the practice has evolved at Otter Creek. I know of at least one uh, lawn care company in Canada that is very uh, pro-regenerative. Um, so it's obviously uh, it's going beyond golf in the turf industry. It, yeah, it, it, turf in general. You know, you just think grass. Um, and again, let's go back to egg. What's corn? Corn's a grass. Wheat. You know, you get into all of them. They're grasses. They're growing for a different purpose, but they are grass plants. So when we think about what we deal with from a grass standpoint, as we call turf, again, they've just been genetically changed over time to be uh, adaptable to what we use them for. But turf period, whether that is bluegrass, fescue, bent grass, um, we don't want to say annual bluegrass because I think that you go back in the succession point. That's a you know, early successional plant. We have a lot of problems with that, which can be solved by using the biology as opposed to using a chemical to not allow annual bluegrass to grow. So yeah, lawn care periods, sports fields, parks, playgrounds. You know, we all know that the changes that have happened in Ontario parks and playgrounds since the uh, you know, the ability to spray weeds, they've deteriorated, right? Playgrounds now are not as good. You know, kids' soccer fields are not as good as, and they're not as, as thick and healthy. There's more injuries. There's more things happening because we are not allowed to use those products anymore. So that is a fantastic thought to be, we should be including and we should be pushing these regenerative practices in those areas in parks in sports fields playgrounds school grounds right we should be incorporating a lot of these processes in those situations to make them a better surface for kids to play on for people to enjoy a, a picnic on for you know sports whatever it may be can you take us through uh, your own personal journey at uh, Otter Creek, um, you know, how you first stumbled upon regenerative soil science and uh, just the steps you took, were they baby steps at first? Uh, did you go full in? Can you just take us through that journey? I'm still on the journey. Um, <laughs> yeah, 10 years down the line, uh, starting 11, where I started to trickle and play with some of these. So they gave you a little bit of a history of Otter Creek. Um, you know, 2008 is when it was first opened up, and I was I was on ground 2007 through the construction process. I uh, laid out grass lines, I grew it in, and have maintained it ever since. So, I've been on both sides of the coin, and personally, I've been a golf course superintendent since 1993. Uh, conventional superintendent, let's put it that way. So, I've been 30 years or so. Uh, maybe not quite 30 years in the um, in the conventional mindset as well, being using pesticides, synthetic fertilizers, core aerations, all of those cultivation techniques that we're all taught and told. I lived it. 
when Otter Creek started to go a little bit sideways and backwards in my mind, and, you know, I was put in control of that, you know what, that's a dream. That's a dream goal to go in and, and be able to build a golf course and not really have to deal with somebody else's problems. And, and I don't mean that in a negative tone. I've been on many golf courses. I've worked on many where I've gone in and they've been older golf courses and it's been fun. It's been great. But there are some of those things where you question, huh, the drain's not working. Why would they do that anyway? Or, you know, process to go through. So the dream to be able to go into a brand new golf course, finish building, grow it in, and then start to maintain it. Like, I think we'd all love that experience. And that I got that experience. So when I started to see the turf go downhill a little bit, you know, while there was more of a personal thing as well, because it's like, oh God, I can't let this go down. I have, I have a major life connection to this now because I've been there since day one. So when I went through the first handful of years in the conventional process, and I started to question why things were happening, and I started to do the deep dive, it was self-education online. It was webinars, reading articles, and it was just doing a YouTube search of soil biology and listening to Elaine Ingham, uh, Christine Nichols, Chris Nickel, uh, uh, yeah, Chris, sorry, Christine Jones and Chris Nichols. Uh, and now there are gentlemen out there like John Kempf, um, Dr. Don Huber, who's, you know, uh, brilliant PhDs. So research is there in this field. We just haven't brought it into a turf sense yet. So I self-educated. Then when I started to play with products, the very first product I put into the program was kelp because of its ability to suppress stress, the ability to be able to handle both biotic and abiotic stressors. And again, it has a plethora of trace minerals in it. So you start to apply and you start to boost some of that soil build with, uh, with the kelp. The second thing I added in was a humic acid. And again, at the time I was using these products, I really didn't understand what they were doing, but I was starting to see some changes. I was seeing things happen on the surface. Uh, I used to collect clippings on fairways at Otter Creek. I used to go out and put you know, a quarter pound of end down, like a lot of guys do when we were starting to spray fairways from a, a nutrient sense, like every three weeks, quarter pound in. Oh, my God, you know what, you'd have growth coming out the yin yang, you'd be collecting clippings and either dumping them and making messes or piles and coming back to pick them up or vacuum them up. And you know what, it was like, why am I doing this? So when I started to play and I backed out on my nitrogen supplies. So the only nitrogen I was using was urea. And to date, it's the only synthetic nitrogen source that I even think about is urea. It does have that one carbon molecule to it. So it, it does have some, some really beneficial uh, uses. But I started to see that my clippings were being reduced when I was dropping end rates, but my color was staying the same. I wasn't having a, a loss of color. Uh, I was not having to collect the clippings as much. And I basically went from a quarter pound of N down to two tenths of a pound, down to 0.15, down to 0.1. Now when I'm out on fairway, so this is through the process that I've been on. Now I'm down to like 
0.05 or 0.75, or not, sorry, not 0 0.075, three weeks monthly. So you think about going from even two tenths of a pound, cut it in half, you go down to a tenth of a pound, cut that down even again. So I'm at a less than a quarter of the rate that I was applying nitrogen in that time frame. Turf is better. I no longer have to collect clippings anymore. I mow no buckets. I do not get thatch buildup. First off, I'm not throwing a massive amount of N on the surface, and you will not get thatch buildup from grass clippings. Bacterial component of the soil biology will just eat those grass clippings up, break that down quick, throw those nutrients right back into the surface, hold onto those nutrients, trade off the plant. Bacteria and the fungi will trade off nutrients for sugars. So the plant produces the sugars through the photosynthesis. Right? They'll trade 50, 60% of what they produce to the soil biology. Soil biology will go and get every nutrient that it possibly needs, brings it back to the plants and says, here you go. I'll take some more sugar. Thank you. What do you want now? I'll go out and get it. That's the process that goes on with that. So when I really started to play with the fairway point, that was, okay, that's kind of cool. The first year or so, then I said, okay, well, my greens are the real struggle. And I had started on the greens the same as the fairways, but I went whole out on greens. So some guys think I was nuts. And I look back now and I'm going, I think I got away with something because I wouldn't recommend that. But I think from the Otter Creek um, component that it was only five, six, seven years old, it was an easier transition for me than someplace that would be 15, 20, 50, 100 years old. Uh, it would be a little bit of a slower process that, that would play. But yeah, I dove straight in on greens and I basically backed right out. Humic acid went in, kelp went in, uh, urea was the only source I used and I was well down below uh, 0.05 pounds of N, not going out on the calendar basis. I was doing clipping collection on greens. And I started through that process kind of when the MLSN whole thought idea and collecting clippings and then making your N applications based off your clippings. You know, that, that, that was probably the start that I played with as well was the MLSN. I now will take that MLSN even further and say, okay, you throw N down. Well, a certain amount of N is going to use a certain amount of K, which is going to use a certain amount of S. You, but you know what? Uh, I don't believe in that anymore because there's more than an abundant amount of nutrient within the soil. And there's ways to test for that. And I'll maybe talk about one in a minute. But uh, I dove in on greens and I have just grown the program out. Greens heavy. Tea's heavy, fairways I'm still playing with and I'm still developing the processes because it's just such a large area. Um, obviously it's a little bit more of time consumption on fairways and, and that's really where I'm maybe spending a little bit more time now is getting the program on the fairways more um, with vermicast extracts and um, building up the biology and feeding the biology, the humics, the kelps. And yeah, you know what? It, it's, it's a very easy process once you start to understand it. And 
again, once I got into the Nicole Masters course to run through and I really started, that's when I understood why things were happening as opposed to just seeing things happening. Epigenetics and quorum sensing, the ability of the system to react, the communication between the plant and the organisms, the communication between plants. It's a whole new thought process that, you know, it's it's a geeky soil nerdy thing that really it, it's sucked me in and it's just, it's, you know what, it's amazing and uh, it's working. Thanks, Randy. Be sure to visit our website at www.turfandrec.com on July 19th to listen to the final episode in this series. 